Will and Woody. Podcasting now. Our next guest was the first female Prime Minister of this great country. Cue the national anthem. Australians Come on, guys, play the real anthem. Ah, that's better. Well before the Me Too movement, she was sticking up for us ladies. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. Oh, it's still so good, isn't it? Here to tell us all about her new book, Women in Leadership, Real Lives, Real Lessons, it's the Honourable Julia Gillard. Welcome to the show, Julia. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for that world-class introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Julia's got a brand new book. It's called Women in Leadership. Get it all good bookstores, which she's co-authored with a former Nigerian finance minister. Woods, if you could pronounce their name, that'd be huge. Ngozi Okonjo Awela. Is that right, Julia? Oh, well done. Thank you very much. I threw you in front of a bus there. And you, you I did my research, Will. I did my research. Now, Julia, the book's about four key messages uh, all about women uh, in leadership and, and, and trying to help them through that process and obviously in, through your experience, the pitfalls and things they should look out for. Amazingly, the first thing that you reference here is the fashion police. That's sort of the, the first part of the book. It's in four parts. Can you just talk me through like how strenuous a job it was as a woman choosing your clothes each day or did you have somebody to do that for you and why did you feel like there was so much pressure on on that part of your job? Yeah, in the book, uh, what we do, Ngozi and I, is we interview eight women leaders from around the world. So it's our experiences and their experiences. And one thing that stays with me very clearly from the interviews we did is Hillary Clinton actually added up how much time she spent in hair and makeup day after day after day for the 2016 presidential campaign. And it Mm. added up to 24 days all up. Wow. Yeah. Why do women do that? Because you know that if you don't turn out looking kind of, you know, camera ready and with a non-controversial outfit, that whatever you want to say that day will be swamped in coverage about what you're wearing. So actually all the time is taken, not so people wander around saying, gee, she looks nice. All the time is taken so people don't react to your appearance at all. Uh, So you'd have people who would, you know, bring choices uh, for you to where you were. On the road. You'd pick clothes. You know, so you'd end end up with, you know, a wardrobe of clothes that you would travel with and have um, at the lodge in the official residence. But the aim you had was that people wouldn't be talking about what you were wearing. And I certainly know from my second day as Prime Minister, I was sworn in one day and the next day I wore a coloured jacket to a shopping centre and all of the TV coverage was dominated, all of the newspaper coverage, by whether or not people liked the jacket. So that's exactly what you don't want to have happen. What was the uh, end poll there? Did people like the jacket or didn't they like the jacket, Julia? It wasn't a gold or green, what do you see here sort of a number. It was... was... I think think if my recollection is right, it was unfortunately compared to a cheap motel bedspread. (laughs) Right. Right. So didn't like it. We can take away there. As a woman in your position and just choosing what to wear because... 
you couldn't wear something on the one hand, uh, which was too um, sultry, for want of a better word, and then on the other hand, you couldn't wear anything which was, you know, sort of too ro- robotic or, you know, formulaic. It feels like that's a bit of a theme because it, in the third part of the book, you're also talking about leaders that you're interviewing saying that the situation is not getting any better because you know if we use the if we stick with the wardrobe analogy the same thing applies to your personality as well because you, if you're too strong or assertive you're seen as sort of cold or robotic um bitchy even but then if you you know sort of seem to be a bit warm then then you're, you're too motherly and you're too soft and i mean the sad part about that is i suppose that men don't have that problem in positions of leadership and that's doesn't just apply to politics that's everywhere you know if you're a guy and you're you know sort of assertive and strong then you know he's a powerful bloke with a strong point of view whereas it, it it's a double standard can you can you talk a bit more about that yeah it is a double standard and researchers have been pointing at this for a while. So what they do is they, you know, get uh, groups of voters. So, you know, two groups of voters in two different venues and they get uh, someone, a man to appear in front of one audience and a woman in front of the other. And they're pretending that they're running for the Senate or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And actually they're actors, but they're given a script and the script is exactly the same. And they do things like test the audience reaction if the script's got lines in it like you know I'm the kind of person who gets things done I might have to stand on other people's toes to make sure the job gets done but I always you know achieve I'm always the one who delivers and when a man says lines like that all fine when a woman says that the audience has a real adverse reaction and when they're polled at the end of it as to would you vote for this candidate then the female candidate records far lower votes even though she said exactly the same words as the male candidate so it's sort of telling us that we've still got gender stereotypes in our brains and we expect women to be you know, empathetic and nurturing and to put the team first, not be, you know, self-seeking. And if a woman offends against those stereotypes, then we can pay out on them pretty strongly. Yeah. But men don't pay the same price. That That is terrifying. What an amazing yeah. study yeah. that's been done. Yeah, Absolutely fascinating terrifying, stuff. though. Hey, Julia, yeah. as um, I mean, Will and I, we're, we're, we're two men and we host this uh, national radio show. Just from your experience mm. with th- this book that you've done, these interviews that you've done, it, would, could you give any advice for Will and I on, you know, we're two people who want to see a change here moving forward with women in the workplace and women in leadership. Could you give any advice to two people that are speaking to the masses every day and two men for that matter? Uh, I would venture a little bit of advice if I could. Um, uh, Firstly, I'd say perhaps, you know, at the end of every week or whatever, uh, do a bit of a count as to who you've had on in which categories and Mm. see if you're giving a fair share to women. Like if you want to have politicians on, are you getting half women? Business people, are you getting half women? Because that role modelling matters. And, you know, there'll be young women and girls who are listening to your show who are thinking, oh, I could do that one day. 
Um, Second, I think it's always worth doing the comparison. Would you have done the introduction the same or the questions the same if you were speaking to a man? So, you know, you think of all of those journalist articles that start, you know, um, Susie, mother of two, wearing a white jacket, today said, and if you just, you know, drop in John and think to yourself, would you really have gone father of two? Would you really have gone what colour jacket he's wearing? It gives you a good kind of control test. Fascinating. Oh, brilliant. So Thank you're you, saying Julia. that we probably should have introduced you as Julia Gillard, formerly known for wearing a jacket that looked like a motel bedspread? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm grateful you didn't. <laughs> I'll do it for next time. Uh, Julia, thank you so much for joining us on the show, yeah. mate. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. It's a, it's, it's obviously just such a layered issue in, in so many ways, and that's why the brand-new book's got four different parts to it, all about women and leadership. Some amazing interviews there, Theresa May, Hillary Clinton, Jacinda Ardern, Christine Lagarde, as I said before, and Ngozi Okonjo-Iwala, uh, who is the Nigerian <laughs> finance minister who's played a key partner. And, and look, yeah, I mean, there's anything that we've taken out of it. It's that, you know, you in particular, where the position that you were in at the time that you were in, I mean, just talking about some of these issues just, you know, feels for me like a hurdle. So I can't imagine what it was like in your position. Um, so without pitying or overextending or reaching, congratulations uh, <laughs> on, on all that you've achieved and all that you are in Australia's eyes right now, which is really an icon. It's amazing. Thank you very much. I very much enjoyed that conversation. See what you're hearing. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Search Will and Woody.